United Soccer Coaches is proud to bring you the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast, covering all aspects and all levels of the game we love. The United Soccer Coaches podcast is presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer announcer Dean Linky, the longtime television and podcast voice of the association. Now, here's Dean with this week's show. Another big show for you today as we walk you up to next week's United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention, January 11 through 15. Jeff Van Dusen, United Soccer Coaches Director of Events and Operations and the man pulling the strings behind this incredible digital convention, gets you set, reminds you that you can still register, and then he also caps it by telling you about the two people running for Board of Directors, Kendall Rays and Heather Dyke. We'll hear from both of them. Then, the winner of this year's Jerry Yagley Excellence Award given to Raymond Gaddis, a longtime star for the Philadelphia Union, for the work he's done off the field. It's incredible. In Philadelphia, where he plays with the Union, and in his hometown of Indianapolis, Raymond Gaddis, a special young man. You'll enjoy my visit with him. Speaking of special, how about Kate Ward? Yes, she's a member of the 30 Under 30 class. Yes, she chairs the Disabilities Adlives Advocacy Group for United Soccer Coaches. Yes, she still plays for the U.S. Deaf Women's National Team. And yes, she's the assistant coach for the UTEP Minors Women's Soccer Team. And that just barely tells the story of Kate Ward. You'll enjoy my visit with Kate. And we wrap up visiting with an 18-year-old podcast host. Her name is Gianna Belcastro. The name of her podcast is Women's Sports Matter. That was enough for me. You'll enjoy my visit with Gianna, and it starts after this message from our presenting sponsor, TeamSnap. Does managing your club or league feel like a second job? If so, you might need some help. With Team Snap, you can get it. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, everything you need is online, which means no more trips to the bank, no more lost checks, and no more colossal spreadsheets. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to learn more. Team Snap is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Kicking off today's United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap by the Director of Operations and Events for United Soccer Coaches. I call him the grand poobah of all things convention, even our digital convention, our main man, Jeff Van Dusen. Jeff, hard to believe we're just a few days away from beginning the digital convention, which starts on Monday, January 11th. We wish we were in Anaheim right now, but obviously that's a, a, a no can do. So we're we're heading down the street to the Harvest Production Studio to, to put on this fantastic digital convention. Well, you mentioned the studio. I'm pleased to be there with some other co-hosts, and we'll be able to be live like it's a real live sporting event. Yeah, this is uh, pretty cool. It's definitely taken our skill set to another level internally here on trying to produce this event with over 50 sessions and trying to find content as fillers for the live studio. The live studio is really gonna be hosted by you, the fabulous Dean Linky. We're gonna have all kinds of content in between the sessions. And we really wanted to bring an opportunity to all the attendees to get a deeper look inside the association, to have some other interviews, some other opportunities to break down the sessions. Ian Barker, our director of coaching education is going to be in studio. Uh, some of the other co-hosts are Brian Turner, Nicole Hercules, and Julio Serrano. 
they're all going to be able to watch the sessions together, answer questions from the live chats during the sessions, and, and really kind of break things down, similar to a halftime of a match. So that's what the live studio is going to be all about, with some features and content all around the association and our members. I can't wait. It'll be just like sitting in the Big Ten Network studio, even bigger with United Soccer Coaches, Jeff. And there's a big announcement just over a week ago that U.S. Soccer made some big additions to the digital convention. Can you elaborate on that, please? We were able to partner with VW and U.S. Soccer, and we're very, very excited to announce that Greg Berhalter is doing a session during the digital convention, as well as Jill Ellis. She's doing a session with us. There's also an athlete panel with Kelly O'Hara, Crystal Dunn, and Tyler Adams. So those are three fantastic sessions that are brought to you by VW and U.S. Soccer. You talked about we're just changing the game plan. That's all we're doing, right, Jeff? And people can still sign up. Yes. Registration will still be open. Well, it is still open. It's about $199. You get to keep all of those sessions for a year. So even if you can't watch the sessions and be a part of the digital convention for all next week, if you can only catch a session a day or not even catch any sessions at all, you still have the opportunity to go back and watch all of these sessions recorded and you have access to it for a full year. And they're close to 50 presentations of some sort, correct? Actually, it's closer to 56 now. The schedule is all posted on unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. You're talking Jose Mourinho. You're talking Jesse Marsh. You're talking Freya Coombe. You're talking Anson Dorns. You're talking Colleen Hacker. You're talking some amazing presenters. I think this is the best collection of coaching education and soccer minds that we could absolutely put together in this type of format. You'll have it if you register for the next year. I love it. What a great capper. Now, as we move forward, we're going to hear from the two people that are running for the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors, a flip of a coin on who goes first. Why is it important, Jeff Van Dusen, for people to listen to these two people? And why is it important to be on the Board of Directors for United Soccer Coaches? Well, first and foremost, being on the board is, is a tremendous honor. This is the largest soccer coaches association in the world, and the board helps shape strategic decisions for the association. This person will be on the board for six years. They'll start in as a vice president and then continue up the ladder to be their year as president. This year is Kevin Sims. Next year is Missy Price. And they'll serve their one year as a president, and then they will ascend to be immediate past president, and then look back on their six years in a fashion that, holy cow, that really went fast. So, you know, Heather and Kendall have done a lot for the association and excited that those two candidates rose through a pool of very qualified candidates. And I think it's really important that our members take a look at who these two candidates are and vote their choice. The election process is very simple. All active members in the association should get an email on January 4th. All they have to do is click that personalized link. It gives you the option to the two candidates and submit your vote. I did mine and it took me about 22 seconds. Easy to do. We've got all the information right there on the elections page, unitedsoccercoaches.org. I call him the Grand Poobah, the Director of Operations and Events for United Soccer Coaches and the man pulling all the strings behind the convention with 
a great assembly of staff. Jeff Van Dusen, thanks for kicking off the show. Thank you, Dean. Okay, Jeff just touched on it. Kendall Reyes and Heather Dyke running for the vice president position on the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors. They both answer the same questions. We flipped a coin. Kendall will go first, followed by Heather. We'll hear from both of them after this message. Registration for the 2021 United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention is now open. Even though we won't be together in person, the interactive digital event taking place January 11th through 15th, 2021 will still bring the soccer coaching community together for a week of fantastic presenters, diplomas, network opportunities, and more. To register, visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. The game hasn't changed, just the game plan. The United Soccer Coaches Board of Director election voting process is done by a third-party service to ensure integrity. Personalized ballots were sent via email to every full member in good standing of United Soccer Coaches this Monday, January 4th. A repeat ballot will be sent again on Monday, January 11th for those who did not vote using the ballot emailed on January 4th. Now it is my pleasure for you to meet both people running for the one vice president spot, Kendall Reyes and Heather Dyke. Both were given the same questions and same instructions. You'll hear Kendall and then you'll hear Heather and then we'll go to break. On behalf of United Soccer Coaches, we thank Kendall and we thank Heather for running to be a part of the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors. Kendall is up first. My name is Kendall Reyes and I'm running for the United Soccer Coaches Board in the vice president position. My reason for running for this position is because it provides me with an ideal platform where I can continue to serve the organization, which I've done for over the past 20 years, and gives me a voice for those coaches who are continuing to aspire in their coaching development, coaching education, and an opportunity to serve from a place where proper decision-making in pushing the game forward, moving the game forward, building on those existing values and initiatives that have been set by the organization to continue to be the leader in the soccer community, both in coaching, education, and leadership development. Can you highlight some of what you have done in the game? Gosh, I have such an extensive background in the game, but uh, just a few highlights include having coached at the collegiate level where I started a women's soccer program at Francis Mary University. In fact, I had more than one women's soccer program that I was involved in establishing from the ground up. But that one stands out most importantly because it was a challenge with the board to save men's soccer and add women's soccer. But I've coached the youth levels club, both men and women. I've done over 10 years with ODP women, both as a state coach and also regional staff coach, coaching educator with United Soccer Coaches, state director for coaching education. I've mentored numerous coaches along the way, and I've worked both here in the U.S. and in the Caribbean, my home country, Trinidad and Tobago, Bermuda, and also in Africa. I've done some work there as well in uh, leading and developing coaches and players. What area of the association do you think you can influence the most on the board? I would say diversity is where I would probably have the biggest influence. Obviously, having served previously uh, two terms as the vice chair of the Black Soccer Coaches community, and then certainly as the chair in the last term. But the reason for that is because that particular group 
covers a broader spectrum than just black coaches. And based on my experience, I've been able to link many of the other groups within the advocacy group to push initiatives forward. I've supported the Latino coaches groups, the faith-based groups with which I'm also a member. So I think I have the broadest reach there because advocacy does have the broadest reach within the organization. What one single thing would you try and do immediately if you were elected to the board? I would look at making coaching education more affordable and accessible. And I know the coaching education department has done a tremendous job, even in the midst of COVID and bringing a lot of things to the membership online. But affordability is one of the bigger areas from my work with all the diverse groups that I'm involved with and across the board. The cost of coaching education is one of the things I would like to look at immediately and how accessible can we make it to as many members for all the different levels that are available. Even if we're looking at going to modular formats where you can pay for courses based on per module, that would help in the cost effectiveness and availability to the membership. What does the United Soccer Coaches mean to you? Wow. I, um, I've been doing a lot of reflecting as I uh, run for this VP position for the second time. And um, I went back to when I started in the association. When I first became a member, I thought about just becoming a better coach. But the camaraderie, the mentorship, the friendships, the colleagues, those experiences are what I value the most in the association. I've gained some lifelong friends and colleagues along the way some fantastic mentors who were ahead of me and gave me the insight and opportunity to grow as a coach, as a person, as a leader. And those are the things that I value most about the association. My name is Kendall Reyes, and I would appreciate your vote for me for the Vice President of the United Soccer Coaches Association. Thank you, Kendall Reyes. Now we hear from Heather Dyke. My name is Heather Dyke, and I am running for the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors because I think it's it's probably the best platform in our country to give back to the game. I think the sole purpose of what United Soccer Coaches does is, is make the game more accessible for everyone who wants to be a part of it and advocates for those that are um, often underrepresented. And I want the opportunity to help with that and to give back to the game, especially during a pandemic when that help will be needed more than it ever has been before. Can you highlight some of what you have done in the game? Yeah, so I've been lucky enough that my, my career has been kind of twofold. I've been heavily involved in, in every level of the game. I've been a youth director. I've run ODP. I've worked for the state. I've been a high school coach for three years. I'm now a collegiate coach. I've been lucky enough to be involved with our youth national teams all on the coaching level and then also coach outside of our country a little bit. But I've also been heavily involved in education, which I know is, is a big push and, and a relevant piece of United Soccer Coaches. So I've taught for CONCACAF, I've, I've taught for U.S. soccer, and I teach for FIFA, which is, in my opinion, part of the reason this is so important to me, because I think I have a different lens on things we can be doing and, and things that we can do, be doing to make the game more accessible for everybody. What area of the association do you think you can influence the most on the board? Yeah, I, I think right now the area to me that kind of stands out the most is, is with Rob Kehoe retiring and with the pandemic really hitting you know, the collegiate aspect of the game, I think trying to make sure that we advocate for coaches that need it, that we try to advocate for programs that need it, 
and continue to do what United Soccer Coaches always has done and, and make sure that we, we try to make sure that everybody that wants to coach has the ability to do it. But I think there's a big transition in the college game right now. And I feel like I could really be impactful there. What one single thing would you try and do immediately if you were elected to the board? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, think, I think the most important thing to do is to listen. And I, I know that sounds a little bit cliche, but I think it's important that I think whatever the strategic plans are, that it, it's your job in your first year to, to help, to jump in and, and to listen not only to your membership, but to listen to the current board and find ways to be useful immediately wherever you're needed the most. What does the United Soccer Coaches mean to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I would use this a little bit just to say how important I think it is that people register for this convention and huge kudos to United Soccer Coaches for taking something that's normally done in person and making it still incredibly relevant and important, but virtually I can't even imagine the work that's gone into that. So, but that to me is what United Soccer Coaches is. It, it's, we advocate and, and we, you know, it, how many, how many organizations, their entire sole purpose is to give back. And that's what United Soccer Coaches is. is it's how do we make the game better for everybody? So that to me is, is why it's so important to be a part of it and, and what they do at an incredibly high level. My name is Heather Dyke and I would appreciate your vote for United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Kendall. Good luck to you both. And thank you again for running for the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors. Back on December 10, United Soccer Coaches announced that Philadelphia Union defender Raymond Gaddis has been selected as the recipient of the 2020 Jerry Yeagley Award for Exceptional Personal Achievement. We talk to Raymond Gaddis after this message. College coaches, make sure your program is registered for the 2020-21 College Services Program. While the 2020-21 season looks much different than any of us anticipated, we are committed to providing benefits for College Services members year-round. The College Services Program supports and promotes the college game, including rankings and awards for participating programs, regardless of when your season is played. For more information or to register your program, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash college. Back on December 10th, United Soccer Coaches announced that Philadelphia Union defender Raymond Gaddis has been selected as the recipient of the 2020 Jerry Yeagley Award for Exceptional Personal Achievement. Gaddis will be officially honored during the All-America Ceremony on Saturday, January 16th, as part of the 2021 United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention. The award is presented annually to a former collegiate soccer student-athlete who has demonstrated extraordinary accomplishments and service beyond the sport itself. The award is named in honor of the legendary Indiana University men's soccer coach, also known as the Godfather. A native of Indianapolis, Gaddis is arguably the most decorated defender in West Virginia men's soccer history, where he helped lead the Mountaineers to a pair of NCAA tournament appearances he was a two-time All-Big East selection and was a first-team NSCA All-Region honoree in 2009. He earned All-America honors both in his time at West Virginia and in high school, and he was a Big East Academic All-Star and a Garrett Ford Academic Honor Roll member at West Virginia. He was drafted in the second round of the 2012 Major League Soccer Super Draft by the Philadelphia Union, and after nine years in the league, all with Philadelphia, he owns the franchise record for most career matches to 20 and minutes played 18,702 and is tied for the record for the most matches played in a single season with 34. Off the pitch, and we'll have many elements, but this is one, 
Gaddis has been very active in the community, not only in Philadelphia and in his hometown of Indy, but nationwide. He is a founding member and executive board member of MLS's Black Players for Change, BPC, where he focuses on helping develop programming initiatives and is working specifically to form strategic partnerships to address racial inequalities, elevate Black voices, and stand with those fighting racism on a broader soccer scape. BPC was recently named the 2020 MLS Works Humanitarian of the Year. And Raymond Gaddis joins me now. Mr. Gaddis, thanks for being with me. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being on today. Well, first of all, Jerry Yegley, I've been calling Indiana games forever, and I've been calling your games. I mean, I called your games almost every year when you were at West Virginia as part of the then-named NSCA Game of the Week. You're from Indy. So to receive this award named for such, I mean, he's the godfather. It's an honor, right? It's an exceptional honor. Coach Yegley, he's amazing. He's touched so many uh, in the game of soccer, and it just means a little bit more because I'm a Hoosier. He's touched my life in, in many ways, coming up as a young man and, and going to the collegiate realm and, and now being a player in Major League Soccer. So, Raymond, I have to tell you, last week I had Nicole Hercules on. She's the chair for the Black Coaches Advocacy Group. Ever since all of these crazy social injustice, one after another, I've made it my mission to make sure that we have a Black voice on, if not every week, every other week. I love seeing what you're doing for Black players and Black lives Obviously, now's the time to not just talk about it. We got to make something happen, right, Raymond? I think that's a very accurate statement. I think that uh, the things and the continual injustice that continue to happen are things that continue to rebirth themselves, uh, not only in, in this present day, but throughout history. It's time to make change, not only in the game of soccer, but collectively as a group of people in the United States. There are many different things uh, due to technology that people are able to see the injustice for one demographic, but it is time for change. I can tell that you've been able to unify the other people of color within Major League Soccer, but because I know you even just a little bit, not as well of all those people that get to spend a ton of time with you, but even in the little time, I know you're a man who cares, you're a man of faith. Are you seeing people that look like me joining you in this cause? Because that's important as well. I mean, that was a big initiative for me. It's going to take people who don't look like me to actually push the needle for change, not just in soccer, like I mentioned, but just in society as well. I thank God for, for putting on my heart to really have like an open forum, starting with my respective club in the Philadelphia Union, and they've been very receptive of everything. We actually have 13 different players from different countries and different nationalities, walks of life, and for them to be receptive of it, it really echoed the messaging, how we need to be unified as a group of people, of human beings across the world. And we've gotten much reception from other people and how they've embraced it as well. But it's gonna take other people who aren't black and brown to really realize that there needs to be a change collectively throughout the world, not just in the United States. Well, Raymond, United Soccer Coaches is paying attention by giving you this distinguished award and Major League Soccer is paying attention by giving you and BPC the 2020 MLS Works Humanitarian of the Year. That's also a special award. Can you touch on receiving that? I think that's a great honor uh, in my career, especially to do it with uh, a collective group of guys across the league. My efforts aren't just my efforts, but they're the efforts of other players who have the same concerns as myself and Black Players for Change. Justin Morrow has done a great job 
who actually played soccer in Indiana for, uh, for Notre Dame, for, for Coach Bobby Clark, who's another amazing gentleman. I can go down the line of, of players who have come together, but to win the humanitarian war, it's not just the social injustice, but actually being active in the community throughout the various markets that these players play in to also help push the needle for uh, voter education this year also helping those in need, especially in these colder climates. I know uh, the Lord has really put on my heart to help the homeless and do various missions project. And it's something that I always do around this season because God has really blessed me to be fortunate to have clothes on my back and food in my stomach. And if I have the means to give, it's only right to give. And many other players are doing great things in their respective cities of their hometowns, but also their professional markets. Well, I'm glad you touched on that because I want to remind everybody that over the last six years, this young man, Raymond Gaddis, has partnered with Chipotle and Honeygrow to provide meals to homeless in Philadelphia. He has also worked with the Salvation Army and Bethesda House to deliver meals to a safe space for those in need. He has a similar initiative in Indianapolis. Remember, that's where he's from, where he delivers food, clothing, coats, and insulated blankets to one of the tent cities. So you've been doing that for more than six years now. Tell me, uh, again, I know that uh, you always walk in the way of God, which is awesome, but when did you wake up and say, hey, man, I need to do more. I need to feed people. I need to give them clothes. I need to do some of the things that I just rattled off. I mean, it really started at an early age. My, my grandfather is actually what's called a superintendent. So he's over seven churches. But uh, missions efforts are something that has been instilled in me from my mother and my father. My mom, she works uh, used to work for an organization called Second Helpings, where it helps people who need to be rehabilitated, find a way to be able to have culinary skills and feed food. So we've been doing this for a long time. It's done through the goodness of the Lord and the spirit. But my parents always instilled in me, you know, it's a privilege to play soccer, you know? So they also showed me the other facet that these are other individuals that need help. Look how blessed you are. So it was a hand in hand thing, but I think it's the call of God on my life to help in missions as well. But uh, we've been doing it a long time with my home church, Solid Rock Church of God in Christ. I love it. I'm so glad you have this platform to share all the great things you're doing, Raymond. They moved me and I know they're gonna move my growing audience. Now, listen, you also helped bring a mini pitch to Newark, New Jersey, conjunction with the U.S. Soccer Foundation, Adidas and Moscow Lighting. It's the first of 12 planned mini pitches to be built across the country as part of a long-term partnership aimed at breaking down systemic barriers that have kept children of color from playing soccer. Another key initiative, another key movement that you're helping lead. That's been remarkable. Like you said, it's the first of 12 and, and hopefully many more after the 12 initial mini pitches. Musgrove Lighting has been amazing as well as the U.S. Soccer Foundation. And Black Players of Change has, has done a great job in targeting areas where we feel that the demographic who is missing out on soccer, especially Black children in these urban communities, are going to have access to these mini pitches. I mean, I just think that it's remarkable, especially as soccer statistically. Just finishing my master's program, I did a, <laughs> did a project on soccer. Soccer is the fastest growing sport in America, and it's only right to continue to try to touch various people as well as children of all colors that they have access to the beautiful game. We're trying to limit kind of the pay for play model as well, but to give them free access to a game that is the world's game, especially, you know, I'm a big fan of U.S. soccer and the U.S. Soccer Federation. There are some hidden gems and talents in these communities if we want to go higher, especially as we are right now with the U.S men's and women's soccer program. 
I'm not done talking about good things that you've done. Recently, you helped bridge the digital divide in the Indianapolis public school system by working with local officials and the NFL Players Coalition to provide internet and hotspots for 283 families who do not have internet access to help them be able to keep pace with their peers in school who do not have internet access. That's another great idea. How did that one come about? Well, you know, due to the pandemic there, was a digital divide and, and there was a need for children to continue to keep up with their, not only their local curriculum, but nationwide curriculum. For me, loving education and seeing how my education has really allotted me various opportunities off the field, I think that it's essential for the children to make sure that they have the necessary resources that they're going to flourish. You know, the reality is not everyone's going to be a professional athlete and a lot of people are going to be professionals in other aspects. And we want to make sure that these these children have the ability uh, without any hindrance to continue to go higher in their education. The pandemic has crippled a lot of families. The actual present brick and mortar or, or the school, the foundation of a school was their only means to learning. And now that everything has become digital and obviously we have to be in various confines distant from each other, internet is essential. Superintendent Johnson for the Indianapolis Public Schools has been remarkable in trying to target the schools within that school district, the Indianapolis School District, but also Angela LaChica, as well as Anquan Bowden and the Players Coalition, you know, teaming up with them and Jacoby Borsett, quarterback here for the Colts, have all come together along with myself to try to make sure that the Indianapolis school system and the children in the school system isn't left behind. So that's how those efforts came about. As I mentioned, the efforts aren't of one individual, but many individuals who have the right heart posture to do great things. Yeah, fair enough. But the fact that you're in the middle of all of it is incredible. And of course, it's been a turbulent political year and you've been vocal about the importance of voting and the realities of voter suppression. You joined Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney in a virtual voting roundtable discussion and took the lead in the union's voting initiative and brought a pop-up voter service center to Subaru Park. We saw the NBA doing some of that work as well. Raymond, that was important particularly this year, you got to feel pretty good about that role as well. Yeah, it, it's amazing. You know, I think that when I look back on a lot of things, I'll say that that's one of the, the, the finer moments that the Lord has given me the wisdom to go about and try to create something of the nature. There's a lot of loopholes people don't know about, a lot of regulations with the, with the local government and getting it passed. But Mayor Kenny in Philadelphia and his team had did a great job of trying to educate first-time voters, but also bridge the gap between various voters in houses. We really tried to inform them that voting is your right, but also accountability measure for you to voice your concern about what's important to you. You. Obviously, it was bipartisan. It didn't take any stands for one way or another, but essentially we want people just to get out and vote. But also 2020, we've endured a lot collectively as a people around the world, but also in the United States. But try to make voting fun for these 18-year-old, 19-year-olds, even the first time people who couldn't vote last time, and try to do it collectively as a family. But also have this social reform where it was going to be more of an educational stance too about important topics for this upcoming election 
if you didn't know about various things and every state was different. So I had to educate myself a lot, especially since we were doing different capacities, these mail-in ballots, but Pennsylvania is different than Indiana. So I was lobbying for both and Pennsylvania being a, a swing state, just informing people on what the rules are, how you can mail in your vote, if you can, what are the ages that you can. So it was a lot of learning for myself, especially in a season we've never seen in that space. But I just want to give honor and thanks to God for having understanding owners, especially Kevin Durant, now a, a minority owner of our team, but also Jay Sugarman and, and Mr. Levovich for me to come to them and say, hey, we need to open up our stadium and them being receptive in this time as well. I tell you, when you think about all these things, it's no surprise at all that you received this distinguished award and part of the MLS Humanitarian Award, Raymond. Obviously, you don't do these things for that kind of recognition, but it's a nice little bonus, right? Again, you know, everything that I do, I do with the thought process and pray about it. How are we going to be collective? How are we going to be better off as people in the world? It's a tremendous honor to get this award, but to have this platform and not be able to use it in a way that it affects people, not merely from how I play soccer on the pitch, but off the pitch, you know, I think it kind of goes for void. You know, I always ask myself as I get older, what, what type of legacy are you leaving? Not merely to be seen, but what various things are you leaving social imprints on different people that you've had contact with? You know, there's a whole nother generation, like you said, uh, we have these All-Americans, these wonderful players that are in high school, that are in college. This is the next wave of players, both men and women, who are going to do great things. And if I could inspire them to do great things beyond me, I feel like I've done uh, what I was supposed to do. And they can just look at this as a form of work and feel that they can do things that are important to them that are going to continue to push us to go higher as a soccer community, but also collectively as people. I'm glad you mentioned you as a soccer player, because guess what? You're still playing soccer at a high level. You're playing soccer for a team that I think won more games than anybody in the regular season. Didn't Philadelphia win more games than anybody? Yeah, this has been a blessed year. We won our first ever trophy, the Supporters Shield. We were number one this year, and it was a remarkable year. We had the coach of the year and Jim Curtin, who's an amazing, young, bright, intelligent coach who's really starting to impose his will on the Philadelphia Union organization and his style of play. And I'm so excited for him. And we had the goalie of the year, and we just had one of the, the best young players Look out for Brendan Aronson, who's going to Red Bull Leppinson, and another gentleman, Mark McKenzie, who's on the horizon as well. So we had a great year. Well, and you also had great years. You're an automatic pencil, and I'm pretty sure at that outside back position, Raymond, and it's interesting. I know it's a different sport, but I was watching the NBA last night, and LeBron James looks like he can go 10 more years. He's I think he's turning 36 tomorrow. How about you? Like, how long can you go, Raymond? Because you're just a fixture back there, right? You're pretty much penciled in every game, right? I mean, uh, I give glory to God. I've never had any serious injuries along the way. I don't really think too much about that. My whole thing is, especially being a Philadelphia Union player, if you've been to Philly, the, the fans ask a couple of things of you. They ask for you to be hardworking. They ask for you to give your best every game and they can live with that. I believe uh, myself being a Hoosier, me growing up here has prepared me to be in that environment up there in Philadelphia because Indiana just collectively is filled with blue collar workers uh, in every aspect. Every time I get to lace up my cleats and every time I get to take the field there, it's a new experience, but I never look too far ahead and I enjoy every moment, especially as I get older, I begin to enjoy the moments day by day. We have a great team and nothing's for certain and nothing 
is a sure thing. And I just thank God for allowing me to achieve all that I've achieved at this point in my career for the Philadelphia Union. Well, you're going to keep going as long as you can, right? Just say yes to that question. You're going to keep playing, right? I'm going to go as long as the Lord allows me and, and what his will is for my life. You know, I think that's an important thing. In life, there's sometimes things that are more important than the game of football. But while I'm in this space, you know, I want to do all that I can do. My father always told me, you know, always give your best foot forward so you don't have to look back and say, I would have, should have, could have. And that's what I've done thus far throughout my career, whether it's for the Philadelphia Union, whether it's for West Virginia University, whether it's for my club team, Indy Byrne Eagles in Indianapolis. Every time I get to go out there, I just enjoy it and have fun. See, I remember you telling me about your family and I've called a lot of games and a lot of different sports. And that means that I've got a lot of uh, minutia information inside my ears. But I remember specifically every time I did a West Virginia game, you always had time for me. I remember at UConn walking out on the field, talking to you, seeing how you're feeling with all the fans coming in, and you were pumped to even play in front of those fans. I mean, I was just drawn to you, one, because the way you play, but two, because of you're this kind of person. I'm not quite sure where I'm going with this question, Raymond, but all I can say is I'm grateful that led me to know that you're a special Young man, you remember those days? I remember talking to you before all those games. Yes, for sure. You know, my whole thing is let your light shine. I'm never bigger than what God has allowed me to be. Meaning, you know, sometimes, you know, professional athletes, you know, they get to a certain stature or even players in, in the collegiate room think that they're this or that. Life is composed of various connections in life that you meet great people along the way. And that's what's more important to me to foster those type of relationships, but also to allow you to know I'm human and that I'm approachable and that we have a common ground through soccer. But, you know, it's amazing to hear the insights and stories of other individuals as yourself that <laughs> we've been connected through the game of soccer, but it's, it's just remarkable. I always tell people I'm approachable. If they see me uh, around, I'll talk to you. I'll definitely have a conversation with you. I'll help you if I can in any manner. And that's just my nature. And that's that's just my heart posture. Well, bringing that full circle is I just have two more questions. I'll let you go. You are approachable, but I got to drop this in because the digital convention will be in Kansas City. That's the home of United Soccer Coaches. That is where they will recognize you digitally for winning this distinguished Jerry Yegley Award. Ironically, Steve Veal and Jeff Van Dusen took me to a Sporting KC against Philadelphia game. And I got lucky. I had seats right there on the front row. And there you were playing outside back. And you probably don't remember this, but as you're warming up, I called you over. And again, you won't remember this, but you actually came over as you warm it up and you are approachable. I don't know if you remember doing that or not, but you did that on the Sporting KC field before the game. That is something that I, I learned along the way, just in general. And, and I've always been doing that at even at West Virginia, which made our fan base so great in, in the tenure that I was there. But there was a gentleman, Demarcus Beasley, who's a mentor to me, also an Indiana native. You can remember, especially old or young, when various players come up to you and they just acknowledge you. It really goes a long way how someone's life could be changed or how you can allow them to aspire to do great things. And I just try to do that, whether it's with the fans, old and young, but also to know that I got people that's rooting for me and I want to prove the people that believe in me right when I step on the field. And like I said, after you're done playing, you enjoy every moment. As I play and as I get older, I just try to do that more and more. 
Great answer. Last question. This one, I think we're going to have a little bit of fun. Obviously, you played for Marlon LeBlanc, who's now ironically also with the Philadelphia Union system. Great coach. Got to know him really well. Have all the time in the world for him. But this award is named after Jerry Yegley. You're from Indiana. How in the world did Jerry Yegley miss on you? Why, did, why were you not at the Indiana Hoosiers? What happened there, Raymond? Well, you know, uh, at the time, uh, IU was on the radar, and a lot of my friends were actually going to IU as well, but Coach Yegley wasn't the coach at the time. There was a uh, jockeying for position, and, you know, it really just came down to what I felt was going to be the best fit for me. It, it was really nothing against the, the IU men's soccer program, but it was putting me in the best position that I felt that I was going to be able to succeed. And when I stepped on, it was more or less about Morgantown, West Virginia. When I stepped on campus, and I seen the players that Coach LeBlanc had coming in and knowing we were going to play in the Big East, which was a big conference at the time, the old Big East. And we knew that we were going to play a ranked opponent day in and day out. As you mentioned, UConn playing Coach Reed, Ray Reed up there and going down to South Florida and Louisville. I can go on and on. It was like every week we were playing a top 25 team. And it really had nothing to do with Coach Yegley because your Coach Yegley is a mentor to me as well as his son is. It more had to do with what was best for me. And sometimes in life, you make decisions what was best for you and, and how you feel that you were going to succeed. And Coach LeBlanc, he really sold me on the school too. And seeing that blue and gold and, and seeing Nike too. I'm a Nike guy, unfortunately. <laughs> You know, it, it just it just made my day. And and when I really got to Morgantown, it reminded me a lot of here. And I kind of wanted a different experience, you know, to be truthfully honest. And it was the one of the best decisions I made in my life attending uh, West Virginia University. Now I'm getting my undergraduate and master's degree from that institution as well. That is incredible. We are so proud of Raymond Gaddis, who is the recipient of the 2020 Jerry Yagley Award for Exceptional Personal achievement given to somebody who came through the college ranks. He's still getting it done for the Philadelphia Union. He's already promised he's going to play 20 more years, Raymond. So obviously I just made that up, but I want to see you out there, okay? All right. All right, Raymond Gaddis, congratulations on the award, and we'll see you digitally at the convention, okay? Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure today. Stay with us. We'll be back with more, including meeting another 30 Under 30 member here on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by TeamSnap. United Soccer Coaches Advanced Diplomas have long been regarded as an excellent way to expand your coaching knowledge, advance your career, and improve your player's development. Now, with our blended format that incorporates online and in-person learning, coaches with ever-demanding schedules can earn their diploma in the most time-friendly way possible. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash advanced-diplomas for more information. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Time now for my favorite part as we meet another member of our 30 Under 30 class. Although Kate Ward is a superstar beyond even the 30 Under 30 class. She chairs the Disability Allies Advocacy Group. She will be spotlighted at the digital convention. You can look forward to that. She is still playing for the U.S. Deaf Women's National Team. She is an assistant coach for the UTEP Women's Soccer Team. And she's a superstar. Kate Ward, welcome to the United Soccer Coaches podcast and our 30 Under 30 Spotlight. Thanks for having me, Dean. All right, Kate, let's get to know you a little bit better. As we just mentioned, you're on the U.S. Deaf Women's National Team. So take us through that journey. When did you know that you had hearing issues? How old were you and how have you dealt with that? 
So when I was three years old, my parents found out that I was deaf in one ear and hard of hearing in the other. So I got hearing aids and they worked pretty well for about three years. And then when I was six years old, I lost all of my hearing in a month. So I got a cochlear implant, which basically stimulates hearing in the auditory nerve. And I grew up in the hearing world, went to hearing schools and all of that. So I didn't hear about the deaf team till I was 15 and one of their coaches saw me play. So clearly your family wrapped their arms around you as uh, obviously it's difficult not being able to hear in that month when you had no hearing at all. What do you remember about that time? And what do you remember about how people treated you, Kate? How did you deal with it? So yeah, I grew up in a really supportive family and a really supportive community. And there's different ways that people kind of navigate their hearing journey as far as sign language goes and deaf schools and that. But, you know, I was mainstreamed. And so there were ways that they adapted to me per se, but I felt lucky in the sense that it wasn't like I was special or that I was different. And so I feel really grateful for that because it kind of allowed me to have a normal childhood. I mean, to the point where when they did approach me about being on the deaf team, I was like, well, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not deaf. Because to me, I equated a deaf person as someone who signs, someone who doesn't talk, someone who doesn't wear hearing devices. So I feel really grateful for how I grew up. It worked really well for me. So it's an interesting story, I think, in some ways. Yeah, very interesting. And when you went to App State, and obviously even when you played club at a high level, which I'm assuming you did in order to get noticed from App State, talk about how they embraced you and how were you able to deal with issues of hearing? I mean, did they have to do special things for you at all, Kate? So I was, again, super lucky with the college coach that I had. She, uh, coaches, I guess, they all were great about it. And so she really made sure that right away the team knew that I couldn't hear in certain situations. And she would kind of try and come up with things on the field where I could be communicated with. Like if it was, for example, like playing telephone or there was a certain like sign or something like hand gesture that people could do for me. And to be honest with you, at first, I was kind of like, why are we making this a, a big deal almost? But for me, I think that I never really thought about my hearing as something that we needed to work around. And so for her and my other coaches to do that kind of allowed me to wrap my mind around the fact that it's not that I couldn't do certain things. It's just that I need to find a different way to do them. So that was really special to be a part of a community that really embraced it in that way. Well, your journey is amazing. And you, then I, I see that you have this degree in cellular molecular biology. I can barely say it, let alone study it. What were you planning to do with that degree? So growing up, I always wanted to be an ear doctor. I wanted to make the same kind of impact on someone that my doctor had kind of made on me the way that he changed my life and so that was the plan to go to med school and all of that and then when I graduated during my gap year I was like oh you know what I think that soccer was a really good avenue and really changed my life in a lot of different ways and so I talked to Amy Griffin the head coach of the deaf team and then Leslie Gallimore about it and they were like oh that's great and they kind of set me up with United Soccer Coaches and the reason that I kind of switch paths again is because I realized that I can make a greater impact for kids who are growing up like me in the soccer world versus maybe in like the healthcare field. I love it. And now you're an assistant coach in El Paso for the UTEP Miners 
women's team. I think this will be your second year if they do get playing because you didn't play in the fall, right? We didn't play in the fall. And you're still playing when you're coaching and they know that you're still part of the U.S. Deaf Women's National Team. Your players must get pumped about that. They give me a hard time about it when I jump in and stuff like, you know, if I make a mistake or something, they're like, okay, like, what are you doing? Like, shouldn't she be better than that? Which is funny, but I think, you know, it's also great that I do have the opportunity to train, like jump in with them and kind of stay fresh on the ball and also have the facilities to train for this last cycle that I want to do. But it's really, really fun kind of sharing that experience with the girls because they, you know, in the same way embraced it that App State did and really kind of tried to make sure that things work for me too. So that's been really cool. And what is the next cycle for the Deaf International Football Association? Is there a world championship or what's the next cycle mean? So the Deaf World Cup was supposed to be in November of 2020 and obviously it got delayed, it got pushed back to May of 2022. So what's next is in December of this year, we're going to Brazil for the Deaf Olympics. And then after that, hopefully I'll be able to go to the World Cup in May of 2022. So that would be the last cycle for me. That would be awesome. All right, so clearly you already mentioned Amy Griffin and Leslie Gallimore. Leslie, a past president of United Soccer Coaches and a dear friend of the association, as is Amy, who will be a featured presenter at the digital convention. Clearly taking this chair for the Disabilities Allies Advocacy Group was huge. Also enrolling in the 30 under 30 was huge. Why did you feel such a strong connection to the association? The association has always been a huge supporter of my development and my growth. I was able to use the Charlotte Moran Scholarship to get my one of my diplomas, which was awesome. And so you know, they've always been huge in my growth. And even with the Disabilities Allies group, I kind of felt like, I was like, oh my goodness, what's happening, what's going on? And to be able to have people who kind of mentored me through that. And I just feel like they've given so much to me. So I love being able to give back to them. To me, it's a no brainer that you were part of this 30 under 30 because of all the things you've done. But when you were notified that you were indeed part of it, uh, how did it make you feel, Kate? It was super exciting. I, I love the fact that I'll have another network to kind of work with and grow. And then also, again, to have another chance to be mentored and meet great new people is awesome. So I was really excited and I'm looking forward to this year with the program. Do you know that you inspire people, even people like me? Do you know that you're now a source of inspiration and, and do you take on that role? And with that, what is your message to people that you want to inspire? Thank you. Um, that's really nice of you to say. I think that that's awesome. And I think that, you know, it comes with the responsibility of just making sure that I continue to give back to the game what it's given to me. And that's the whole reason I got into coaching in the first place. The big thing throughout my life is that never let no stop you and just to keep working and fighting and you can kind of do whatever you want to do. The, the typical, you can overcome anything spiel, but it really is true in my case. I feel super lucky. Well, I felt super lucky to spend some time with you. We are so blessed that you are chairing the Disability Allies Group. So blessed that you're part of the 30 Under 30 and blessed that you're on the U.S. Deaf Women's National Team and doing what you do for the UTEP minors and growing the game and helping other people out there that uh, may have difficulty hearing. Like you said, you want to be an inspiration to them. I love your path, Kate Ward, and thank you so much for spending time on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Thanks for having me, Dean. I really enjoyed it. She really is a superstar on so many levels. Kate Ward, hope to get to know her a little bit better as she continues to make a difference with 
United Soccer Coaches. As a podcast host, I am grateful to United Soccer Coaches for giving me this platform. It also allows me to meet other podcast hosts. In fact, they often reach out wanting to be on or wanting me to be on. And that's the case with our next guest, Gianna Valcastro, hosts a podcast that's called Women's Sports Matters. And if you've listened to me at all, you know that I love women's sports, love women's soccer, and so does Gianna. We'll wrap up the show with her after this message. Looking for ways to improve your training session? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for more than 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential to every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to elevate your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. As a podcaster, I'm always interested in what other podcasters are doing. And as you know, I'm a huge advocate for women's soccer, women's sports as well, as I call a ton of women's sports. So I'm definitely intrigued with a podcast called Women's Sports Matter with Gianna Belcastro. And you know what? Women's sports do matter, Gianna. So I'm glad Absolutely, you're on the program. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for Thank joining me. Thank you for me. having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And I've been the voice of the original Courage and now the current Courage. And I've loved women's soccer forever. But like I said earlier, I love women's basketball. I, I do a ton of women's basketball games. I love field hockey, women's lacrosse, tennis, rowing, you know it. Uh, I, I love it. So what made you wake up one day and say, you know what, I got to tell people that women's sports matter and I want to do this podcast. There was a point in my high school career that made me more interested in women's sports and people paying attention to women's sports when I was a sophomore. I remember going to a girls varsity basketball game in my school and I saw no one was sitting there. And then I went to a guys basketball game and there was this whole crowd. It's, it's called the Hill Zone is the, the student cheering section. And I talked about this in one of my earlier episodes where I wrote a paper about the WNBA uh, pay gap. And I was looking and I was like, why is there no one at our games? And that was a turning point for me where I realized, hey, let's, let's just show some love here because it's an equal game. People need to realize that. So I, deci- I decided, I was like, okay, no one else is talking about this from, I guess, my perspective. So I want to jump in and be like, hey, watch the WNBA, watch the NWSL, watch the NWHL, which is coming on soon. And I'm very excited to start talking about that too on my podcast. Uh, jumping in some territory that I haven't been in yet. That's pretty much it, honestly. And your timing is good because, you know, obviously dealing with the pandemic, it kind of changes the dynamic. But when you look at specifically the NWSL, they had two iterations of their season, right? They had the Challenge Cup and they had the Fall Series. And Gianna, the numbers for the TV audiences were off the charts. Mm-hmm. Incredible. That's got to inspire you. Yeah, I was just so into it Um, as a Red Stars fan also, especially with the Challenge Cup. As a Red Stars fan, I have to watch, especially um, how far they gone in that cup, ultimately losing to Houston. If you put women's sports on TV, you will get the views. Look at what happened with the WNBA and the NWSL. Now look at what's happening with the NWHL. They're being put on NBC with the semifinals and the finals of their cup in New York. So it goes to show if you put them on TV, 
people will watch. As you've started this podcast, how many shows have you done and who's been your biggest guest so far? I think you might be my biggest guest, honestly, <laughs> at this point. I've had a former SB Nation writer, Matt Allentuck, who I'm a big fan of. He has his own weekly letter for talk about the WNBA. I love talking to him. Again, like I said, big fan of his work. His writing is just incredible. I have Naperville native Zoe Gorowski, who plays for the Chicago Red Stars on my podcast. I also have talked to Scott Parkinson, who is the assistant coach on the Red Stars. He is just phenomenal. I wrote a paper on him for one of my English classes. And the stories that he talked about, you know, growing up in Liverpool, coaching here. And I have two seasons of my podcast. I'm in the second season. My first season was 22 episodes. I'm on, this will be episode eight uh, with you in it. I just started back with season two and I'm excited to see where it goes. Sticking with soccer, with the North Carolina Courage, with NWSL, I mean, it really is an amazing league, right? Your thoughts on the NWSL. I didn't know about the NWSL until after the World Cup. That was something that was like, hey, I am actually a big fan of women's soccer now. But there was a point in time where I did watch the Red Stars maybe a few times when I was younger, but I really got into it the summer of the World Cup. I don't know how. I think it was Sam Kerr, honestly. Sam Kerr got me watching more women's soccer, I think. With her performance with Australia, her being on the Red Stars, I'm also a huge Chelsea fan too, both men's and women's team. So I just her, honestly, was like, I am a women's soccer fan now, <laughs> just because of her. So that is a reason that I started watching and getting more, I guess, involved within that kind of community. Well, that's a good reason. You watch the USA play in the World Cup. There's nothing like it because they're the best team in the world, yeah. back-to-back World Cup champions. You know, ironically, the Chelsea coach was the original Red Stars coach back in the day of the WPS. Emma Hayes is now the Chelsea coach doing great things over there. So that'd be another one that uh, you might want to get down the road for sure. All right. Well, as we wrap up our time here with the Women's Sports Matter podcast host, producer, all of it, Gianna Belcastro. What do you want people to know about uh, your show and your affinity for women's sports? It's something different, I think. Most podcast hosts are like adults in their 20s and 30s. I'm 18, (laughs) which I don't know if people realize that when they listen. It's a young, fresh perspective, just looking to talk about whatever. I mean, I even have a whole different series called Off Topic Discussion where I discuss things that aren't in sports. Um, if people want to listen to that too. If you want to listen to a younger person talk about sports, at least from my point of view and other people's point of view, I think this is the show for you. All right. So tell everybody where they can go sell it. If you have Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, even YouTube, look up Women's Sports Matter Podcast. It's there. Subscribe if you like it. This is all about, hey, if you want to listen, go ahead. This is a space for everyone. So if you want to check it out, go ahead. Women's sports matter indeed. I'm right there with you. Thanks so much for being on the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Thank you so much. That's going to cap it. I want to thank all of our guests and look forward to seeing you next week from the studio as part of the digital convention. If you haven't signed up, you need to do it. As Jeff Van Dusen said off the top, all the sessions will be available as part of your registration. I want to thank Sean Chevro, the great Mike Knipper, and all the great folks at United Soccer Coaches 
for each and every one of them. I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you next week for the Digital Convention and another edition of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by TeamSnap. Thanks for listening to the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. To learn more, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org and teamsnap.com.